Just before we get started with the show, we would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which these podcasts were produced and pay our respects to their elders, past, present and emerging, and the Aboriginal elders who may be listening today. We'd also like to acknowledge those of us with a lived experience of mental illness or suicide and the important role people play in supporting their loved ones and colleagues. Hello there. We've all been through a time of disruption and upheaval to our work and our working lives. As we move forward, it's important to be aware of and reflect on what leadership in workplace mental health and well-being can be during challenging times. I'm Mark Dean and welcome to Leading Through Change. On the final episode in the current season of Leading Through Change, we have something a little different and very special. Two leaders for the price of one. I'm going to be taking a back seat in this episode and let you enjoy a conversation between AIA CEO Damien Mew and Superfriend CEO Margot Leiden. Before beginning her tenure at Superfriend in 2010, Margot Leiden held leadership positions at RACQ and the Oak House, as well as managing a successful Italian restaurant. Margot represents Superfriend on a number of nationally recognised strategic alliances, including the Mentally Healthy Workplace Alliance and Roses in the Oceans Sector Advisory. In the Mentally Healthy Workplace Alliance, Margot chairs the Stakeholder and Communications Working Group of the National Workplace Initiative charged with creating a nationally consistent approach to workplace mental health. Damien Mew has more than 20 years experience in the Australian financial services industry. In 2014, Damien's first year as CEO, AIA was a founding member of the Shared Value Project. And in 2018, Damien was awarded the AB&F Australian Insurance Executive of the Year. Damien holds a number of directorships, including the Financial Services Council, FSC, and co-chair of the FSC Life Board Committee. He is passionate about people and leading an organisation whose purpose is to make a difference in people's lives. I'm just thrilled to have these two here to share their knowledge and experience with you. Over to you, Margot. Thanks, Mark. Look, it's fantastic to have you here, Damien. I'm just so excited to be able to talk with you about the importance of workplace mental health and wellbeing, particularly during this time. Good to be here with you, Margot, today. Thanks for having me. We've learned so much in the last six months and it's really being able to, you know, demonstrate how we can carve out more authentic leadership and also really have an opportunity to learn and lean into some of the economic issues of our time. Workplace mental health is just so important for every business and, and you and I are very familiar with the economic as well as the social benefits of mental health in the workplace. And I'm really interested, Damien, in your view of both here in Australia and internationally as AIA CEO uh, here in Australia and New Zealand. Yeah. For me, I think what we're seeing is really leadership needing to be both the head and the heart. 
and the leaders are, you know, not just required to have the answers to how to deal with the situation, but need to be able to be in touch with the feeling of the moment, the emotion that's out there, and bring that real empathy and care to their their teams um, and walk that talk so that the, their teams can also portray that to their customers as well. Damien, I just love that balance of head and heart. It's just so important. It actually, uh, from all of the research, we make better decisions when we actually toggle between our head and our heart in our decision making. I'm wondering if there's a specific example you can draw on about, you know, the head and the heart inside AIA. Yeah, thanks, Margot. There's been plenty, actually. It's been an exciting time and a busy time, challenging. And as you know, there's been moments where it's been so challenging that, you know, I've had to get out there and go and spend some time with nature and uh, take some deep breaths and come back in and practice my own micro sort of recoveries. It's been that sort of challenging environment. But look at AAA, I think a good example is just recently we're thinking about how are we going to, you know, support 3,000 family members across Australia, New Zealand um, spread out during this time. And, you know, the first thing was the head, which was to come up with our our task force and our plan about one, how we're going to look after staff wellbeing and engagement, two, business continuity to support the essential services, and three, how we were going to reimagine life to thrive into the future. And, you know, that was all fantastic. But guess what? How is that going to connect to the emotion and feeling of of the 3,000 family members who were just thinking about how they're going to survive right now? People were out there shopping in supermarkets, getting as much toilet paper and other things that they could stock up. And here I'm going to talk about business continuity and thriving into the future. So what we wanted to do was then bring the heart to it and think about how do we align you know, the business and organisational plan with the emotion and feeling out there. So we said, look, let's just put those things aside and really call it a survive, revive, thrive plan and communicate so that we could engage people on the level of what they were feeling and how we were going to do that together and go through survive, acknowledge that that's something we did and, and got through, but then in revive, get comfortable there because it's going to be a while before we thrive. And actually what we saw in Victoria was we had to go back from revive back to survive. And it gave us the confidence to do it and people, because we were able to talk to both their head and their heart, um, they were able to get through this time and, and do it really successfully where we've, I've been so proud of how we've continued to serve Aussies and Kiwis and their families when they've needed it most. Damien, this time has been, you know, immensely challenging and I think it's fair to say that you're one of the most high energy people I know. Um, but I'm really wondering, you know, how you have been ma- able to maintain your own energy levels, particularly during such stressful times. Yeah, that's a great question, Margo, and one that I've openly shared, I've struggled with over my journey as a person, as a leader. You know, um, what do I do? I mean, I, I, I try to have now a far more balanced physical and mental wellbeing program. I used to think I was extremely strong because I was physically fit and running every day and pushing those weights and I could, you know, get out there and do a triathlon. But actually, Margo, what I found was that I wasn't operating at my best and I, I wasn't taking care of myself to be the best I could be as a leader or as a father or as a partner or whatever it may be, because actually I was only sleeping three or four hours a night, wasn't eating regularly. And um, my mental well-being wasn't being looked after because I wasn't getting those things. So in essence, what I have done is sort of really looked at how I can bring in more of that aspect into my life. And as I've shared with you and others, I've rediscovered nature. I didn't even know we had such beautiful trees around. So now I actually can go for a walk 
breathe, meditate, reflect, rather than try to see how quickly I can run 5K so I can get back into the office. And it is, you know, just little things like that and being kinder to myself, not having to fly as often. I've said, you know, how can I get an extra hour of sleep a day? Just little steps, not big things. And um, look, the final one is probably the one that has been the most rewarding has been asking for help. I'm not asking, letting people help. Yeah, there's a difference. You know, we all ask for help, but do we really want the help? Or are we really, you know, going to accept the help? And in about eight weeks, six to eight weeks ago, was the first time I actually shared I was feeling very vulnerable as a leader because I didn't have the answers. And when Vic went back into stage uh, four, I felt this overwhelming sense of responsibility and privilege and like I'd let the team down because I didn't have the answers. But then I let go and just said, to the team, I don't have all the answers, team, but we're going to work it together because you know what? We've got our Survivor by Thrive plan. We know we're going to move in and out and we're going to get through together. So that was a live example of uh, asking for help. And you know what? I got so many positive uh, responses and affirmations from people who were just like, we're here, we're with you, we're going to get it through together. And you know, you just realize you're not alone. And so what I've really found um, has been um, a wonderful change for me has been letting people help and not feeling like that I'm a burden or that I'm not adequate or other things. So yeah, there you go. I just love that deep sense of reflection that Damien exhibits. Even at this time, with doubt and uncertainty in abundance, Damien shows that it is still possible to learn something of ourselves. As leaders, it's important to be authentic, honest, and like the real flesh and blood humans that we are. Leaders don't have to have all the answers. That's just not realistic. But what we can strive for is to be more open, honest, and approachable. We'll rejoin Margot and Damien now as their conversation pivots to the future of leadership in a changing workplace and fostering growth mindsets amongst work teams. We often use words like co-design when we're speaking about, you know, how we can, you know, work together with our teams. I think it's really important when we think about that sense of belonging and inclusion, which is so important to workplace mental health, that we really look at what the world needs today. That sense of inclusion is that we don't have to have all of the answers and that we can actually bring a growth mindset to this. And thinking about the change and the uncertainty in our current world, it provides an enormous opportunity for growth. I'm wondering, Damien, how you've gone about fostering that growth mindset for people in your team at AIA. Yeah, um, and look, it's, it's been overwhelmingly um, positive to see just how many people have come together to help others. You know, we've had people who realised one or two members might have been struggling and the next thing you know, they were getting them their, their Disney passes so they could watch some Disney films just to help. But then on a business level, just looking at how people have just said, it doesn't matter what my traditional role is, I'm here to help in whatever way I can. And actually what it's done is it's broken down a lot of traditional silos that may have existed if we still worked in four walls. But I think ultimately one of the greatest things we've been able to do as an organisation over the last nine months by, you know, people not travelling and being able to sort of have the flexibility to work from home and tune in is we've been working on our purpose on a page as an organisation and co-designing that. I mean, this is our purpose. It's not my purpose. It's our purpose. And if 3,000 people have a united purpose, can you imagine the infinite potential that has? And to your point, 
you know, we see that when it comes to the area of mental health and well-being, what we what we've recognised is that there is an opportunity for us to actually think about how we can help people earlier on and each other earlier on in this journey, so that actually we are managing our mental health and well-being just like we do our physical health and well-being, and that you know it is okay that we're going to acknowledge our feelings. And, and actually there, that's a good thing because if one person is sort of feeling something, there's a good likelihood others are too. I couldn't agree with you more, Damien. I think it's just so important. We really do understand how people are feeling um, and it really is an opportunity to recognise that people will be feeling different things. I really do hope, though, that we reflect on this time and bring forward some of the positives. I recall certainly earlier in the lockdown, the first lockdown, I had space in my diary but having that was just quite refreshing. I had never had that before. And now as we're sort of six, seven months into lockdown, my diary's back to being back to back. It's back to being full. And, and quite frankly, I don't like it. It's not allowing me to bring, bring my best self forward and to be the best leader I can be and to have the emotional energy and the mental energy to really be there to help others do the same. How, how are you now when you come forward to, to work in life again going to set those boundaries to enable that to, to continue given that you found it such a positive for you? Damien, I think there's been loads of silver linings during this time that you know you can't help but learn from, you can't help but reflect on and I think it's important that those boundaries are are clearly set and reinforced uh, so that I can carve out really time to actually bring my best self to work. I think there's other things that I, I certainly will be doing going forward, like you, not jumping on a flight every other week. I think that there's great opportunities for us as leaders to look at how we structure our week, how we structure our time, what learning, what re reflection, what renewal time we are doing. Like you, I love nature and outdoors. And, and to me, one of the greatest things about this, uh, this last seven months has been being able to get out every single morning and go for a lovely walk in nature and really using that as a renewal and refresh time. So it's bringing those things into my life on a really consistent and regular basis. It is about connecting with purpose and the why. It's connecting with people who who build us up and who help us be our best selves. And, I, you know, I've got to call on my incredible team who help keep me balanced and make me laugh and help my energy levels so that I can, you know, I really can be getting through some of these tougher times or stressful times, uh, but knowing that I'm going to have their back, their support uh, to be able to continue to go forward. So having a good laugh along the way I think can also uh, be really important as well. Yeah, look, I think, Margaret, I mean, we're, we're learning as we go, but this is a definite test and learn. And I think we, we have to be deliberate in our actions and actually overt. So you touched on a really good one, which is role modelling. So what we did was we had to be overt and say, okay, well, if we're going to be an organisation that promotes wellbeing, we have to start with ourselves. So we have our quarterly recharge days. It's not an RDO or QDO or whatever. It's just a recharge day. Valuing the knowing that, you know, our team is going to be better and more productive and more engaged if they know that they've got that day once a quarter to just do whatever they need to do to recharge. The other thing we found with code was that um, while people were working from home, the novelty quickly wore off and the days and the weekends and everything all molded into one and some work better at daytime, some work better at nighttime. So, you know, what we implemented again was some 
really um, overt actions to say we weren't going to have any meetings Monday morning and Friday afternoons. They could teams in with each other and have a coffee or whatever, but no work meetings. We've retained the Friday afternoon one. But I think the bit that I think that it has been a challenge though is how do you keep those boundaries? Because unfortunately, we don't have structural boundaries like walls and doors. We've got Zoom and Zoom can just press a button. So I have found like you that um, we're, we're creeping. And so we're going to need to, I think, be del- deliberate and set the framework and structures for the new, the changing operating environment so that we get it right. Or we're actually going to have the unintended consequence of potentially burning more people out, even though they're not coming to work. It's a big message coming out of these conversations about the need for leaders to be flexible in their expectations of staff. Just as it's important for leaders like Damien and Margot to acknowledge their humanity and fallibility, so too do they need to recognise the same about their team. Time again we are hearing about the importance to workplace mental health and well-being of being able to slip away from the day-to-day reality of work, of checking in on a regular basis, and of team members having the opportunity to connect with each other on matters unrelated to work. It can be energising. And as Margot and Damien have noted, it's important that leaders role model that a healthy work-life balance is not only possible, but also practical and preferable. I'm wondering, Damien, just sort of thinking about that and your own leadership and your own what works and what has worked for you, have you got some final tips for other leaders about how we can bounce forward in a, in a much more sustainable way? The first one is just, you know, reminding ourselves that leadership is a privilege and a responsibility and, you know, leadership is about impact um, and why that's important is because it then goes into some of the others. Like if you want to have that positive impact, you need to look after yourself so that, as you just mentioned before, Margaret, we can be our best selves. And um, leadership is not about, again, as I said, position authority. It's about impact. And think about the impact you're having. Um, an impact can be created in a second or in minutes or an hour. So you know what? If you're in the lift, it doesn't hurt to say, hi, how are you doing? You know, um, and check in on someone. Are you okay every day? On well-being, you know, I think the first thing is is recognising that your well-being is absolutely your mental and physical health. And by looking after your mental well-being, it will lead to a successful physical well-being as well. Um, so taking that time to find what works for you to get those micro recoveries around whether it's breathing, going for a walk, um, or, or learning about something new. Find those little bits to, again, my tip is don't try to create big challenging goals to start. Take the small ones and lead up to the big ones. Or make sure if you've got big goals, you've got lots of little ones you can achieve along the way as well. Absolutely, Damien. Totally agree with everything that you've said. I think from Australia's perspective, you know, having people like you leading one of Australia's largest life insurers, we are so well and truly in good hands. Thanks, Margot. It's been an absolute pleasure to spend some time with you today. Well, and thank you, Margot, because you're part of that and we're in it together. You know, we're on a a journey that has a common outcome and purpose and uh, it's the leadership of many that's going to get us there. So thank you for all you do to, you know, inspire me, energise me, um, but also uh, what you do for our industry and our community. Thank you. That was Margot Lydon, CEO of Superfriend, and Damien Mew, CEO of AIA. 
It's so impressive to hear the synergy of their thinking and the camaraderie which they've cultivated over the years. And what better way to learn about workplace strategies that target positive mental health outcomes than hearing from two CEOs who are really at the forefront of wellbeing leadership. It was especially lovely to hear the focus on heads and hearts, which was among some of the key takeaways for me. I think the humanistic approach to leading and indeed leading beyond periods of immense change is something we can all learn from as we journey together into this uncharted future. Similarly, the need to reflect on the opportunities to focus on our and others' well-being, as well as the importance of sourcing the energy to do so, has been a key theme in this and other episodes in the series. A really inspiring conversation. Leading Through Change is a production of the Victorian Workplace Mental Wellbeing Collaboration, including WorkSafe, Superfriend and VicHealth, who are committed to promoting leadership of positive workplace cultures. On behalf of the collaboration, I'd like to thank you for listening to this first season of conversations with some of Australia's most exciting and dynamic leaders. We hope to be with you again soon. I'm Mark Dean. Bye for now.